0: Joel Briesacki, right over there. Hi, and, how you doing? Uh, we're back for a, our weekly podcast of <laughs> Growing in Grace. And uh, hey, Joel, give me just a second to uh, to, to uh, promote my book that you interviewed me about a few weeks ago. It's called Clash of the Covenants. Clash of the Covenants. It's available on Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle download the free Kindle app on your computer, tablet, or smartphone, and then you can purchase the book as you typically would through your Amazon account. Very simple. It's called The Clash of the Covenants, Escaping Religious Bondage Through the Grace Guarantee. And if you've enjoyed the podcasts, really what the book uh, is compiled of, and it's not a short book, but it's an easy read and it's shareable. And so you may have been listening to us for many years on the podcast, but what the book basically is, it's, it's kind of like a and I'm not saying that even Joel will agree with every jot and tittle of everything I've written in there, but generally it's it's a growing in grace podcast in written form, so it makes it a little easier to share where we 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 basically got years of stuff inside that book in many ways
1: mhm, yeah i I feel bad that we haven't really talked more about that on the podcast, even if it's just a little blurb every week while the book is new, because it is such a great book and people will get a lot out of it. If you've been burned out on religion or if you you struggle with knowing how you stand with God, where you stand with God, uh, or if you know someone who's in that boat, the words in the book, Clash of the Covenants, it, it will really help to free people up. So do spread the word about that. Again, it's available on Amazon. It's uh, available as a Kindle book. And um, like Cap said, if you don't have a Kindle, you really, you can read it on any computer, tablet, or smartphone just by downloading the Kindle app. And that's free. The, the Kindle app is free. So, right, yeah, there it's good stuff
0: continuing on with what we've been talking about here now last week we we kind of covered a little bit about God's faithfulness toward us and the forgiveness and other good things that came along with it kind of continuing on that Joel I, I think that um, so many times when we say some of the things that we say like like last week's program which I thought was really good when you're stuck in a traditional somewhat legalistic mindset as as we were for many years before we you know came over to the to the other side, um, we I, we still run into a lot of people who sometimes misinterpret what we're saying, and they just assume that we're suggesting that sin doesn't matter, it's okay to go out and sin as much as you want. You know, you're teaching a dangerous doctrine by telling people that all sins have been forgiven, you know. And so, again, I'm sure some of it has been misunderstood but a legalistic mindset can't help but interpret some of what we say that way. So we want to try to address a little bit of that, because that's really what I just mentioned. That's really not what we're saying.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. One thing that we're doing, we obviously want to encourage people in the grace of God. And God's grace covers in a whole expanse of things in our life. I've said that grace is the essence of our life in Christ. And some people take the things that we're talking about to mean, like you were saying, that uh, we should just do whatever we want. And so, you know, one thing that uh, we want to always make clear is that it's one thing for us to talk about forgiveness and to make it clear, as we do every week, all the time, we make this clear that all of our sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. Jesus didn't only forgive us up to this point, and then when we sin again, we got to get forgiveness again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again uh, because he would have to come back again, and again, and again, and again, if, if that were to be the case. So we want to make the point, as we do often, that our forgiveness is forever, all sins forgiven at one time. And so that's only part of the message that's only part of the gospel message the rest of the message is that not only have you been forgiven of all sins but you have been given new life and the quality of this new life is the same quality as the life of jesus because jesus christ lives in you you died You know, Paul talks about, I died, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So whatever the quality of Christ's life is, that's the quality of the life that I have. Whatever his qualities are, those are mine, too. And we want to encourage people to realize that this is... The truth. That's who we really are. It's not just that we've been forgiven, but we have brand new life. We are righteous. We are holy. We are sanctified. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart unto God. That is the life that we have. And as we grow in our understanding of that, and that it's not just that we've been forgiven, because if I was just forgiven and that was it, well, then it doesn't matter what I do. I can just go do whatever I want because, hey, I'm forgiven. But if I realize, I've been given Christ's life in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. God is for me all the time. And when we realize these things, we realize sin has nothing to do with who I am. I don't want anything to do with sin. I want everything to do with righteousness and joy and peace and and life in the Spirit. So there's one of the big differences right there.
0: Yeah, you, you, you can have people on the legalistic side who don't really understand who they are, and you can also have people in the name of grace who don't really understand who they are, who would just say, well, I, I'll go do whatever I want. And there's freedom to do that. It just may not always be very profitable to do that because sin will still cause problems. It will cause you to reap in this life some things that might not necessarily be good for you. You see, it's not just that sin is something that God wants us to stay away from because it's a rule to do so. I mean, it's, it's it's something that can hurt you, and God doesn't want that for you. He loves you so much. If you were a small child and, and you're growing up in this family and you were born into maybe a, a family that was living in poverty and uh, your father was in and out of jail, always causing trouble, maybe a drunkard, maybe an abuser, and you start hearing other people as you're growing up saying that, your bed has been made, and you'll probably end up in the same place. And you begin to believe that, and you begin to act that out. And then take this other opposing point of view. Suppose you've been maybe brought up in a place of somewhat considered privilege. The family is very well-to-do. Maybe your father has a royal lineage, and you've inherited that. He's perhaps somewhere down the line from being a king. And uh, you're in that line. And he has multiple talents and gifts and great wisdom. And then you begin to hear others say that you will also develop those very same things. And you begin to believe it. And you begin to act it out. And so, see, that that's the difference is understanding who our father is and the inheritance that we have as his children, the things that have been gifted to us through this inheritance, these qualities that he has, we now have we are in a royal line and as we begin to understand and and grasp this and hopefully hear this truth about who we are this identity that we have as part of him he in us and us in him as we begin to grow and understand and develop this truth then we begin to as you were saying joel we begin to to long for those things touched a little bit on this last week when we were looking at Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit and these things that we've inherited. So you, you can begin to see, even though we do talk about freedom from sin, freedom from God's wrath, forgiveness bought once and for all through one single sacrifice by Christ's blood and the removal of sin, we talk a lot about that because that is the gospel. <laughs> and unfortunately, some people have a hard time comprehending it, some of what we're talking about, because it differs so much from traditional church doctrine that you would almost think sometimes the last words of Jesus on the cross were, it is not finished, <laughs> based on some things that you might hear in religious circles. So so we're just saying that as you begin to develop this understanding of your identity in Christ, it should you know, in theory, anyway, and potentially, lead you to a place of of seeking more of God in the sense of what has been accomplished for you through the finished work of Jesus Christ, and 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 gaining a greater understanding of that.
1: Yeah, I I can just picture Jesus saying, "It's it's almost finished. Now you do your part." And- That'll make it right. But it's not what he said. He did He did everything. It is finished. He, he did the work. And so, you know, I think one of the problems that the church has is this obsession with sin, and I'll call it an obsession, because I, I think as I read through Paul's epistles, he does deal with some ungodly behavior in the church, no doubt about it. But that's not the gist of the message that Paul gave. And so when it did come to some of these things that people do, for example, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and in 1 Corinthians 10, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians 10 here, he said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. And so it is true in a sense, we can do whatever we want, but he says all these things aren't going to edify. And in fact, in chapter 6, he said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of of any. He's like that's that's not the point of me knowing that I'm forgiven just because I can do anything I want. There's more to it. He spent chapter after chapter in his epistles writing about our identity, our true identity, the grace of God, who we are in Christ. He talked about the law. He he said the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's not just that we're forgiven, but we have this victory. We have this brand new life. We have an identity that takes after our father. You know, the examples that you were given there, Cap, in a similar way, here on earth, a son carries many of the traits of his father, and here we are children of God, and we want to preach this gospel and let people know that we are a new creation who carries the traits of our Father. We've inherited these things, like you said, and that's why we want to keep teaching people who they are, what our new identity in Christ is. Because then, instead of thinking, oh, I'm just doomed to this life of sin— you know? I'll think, man, I am destined for a victorious life. And not that we've arrived. I don't want to say that I've arrived I'm nowhere near it, you know, a sinless perfection type of thing, you know. I do stuff that I don't want to do, and I don't do things that I do want to do sometimes. We're just saying that as we grow in our identity in Christ, as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we begin to long after these things. Righteousness becomes what our mindset is, rather than, oh, I'm just a poor, poor old sinner. Well, we've run out of time for this one. Next week, we'll get into some Jew and Gentile talk. I mean, sometimes, a lot of times, I think the Church— generally doesn't seem to have this understanding of who the Jews are and who the Gentiles are, or at least who they were before the cross of Jesus Christ, and how through the cross the two became one, and a lot of times people think that Jesus' ministry before the cross, his Sermon on the Mount and things like that, were Christian teachings rather than Jewish teachings before the cross and before the Jews and the Gentiles who believed became part of this new man well we'll talk about all of that next week right here on growing in grace
0: this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel briseke heard online through various internet sources around the world each week to access hundreds of past programs visit graceroots.org share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace